And it's that time of year again that is not just our favorite, but yeah. even our listenership yeah. skyrockets. Yeah. It's when we have, it's Humans of the Food Bank. Right. Um, we have so many folks amazing on our team that we're splitting up into two yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, really, the stories this year are about growth. Mm-hmm. How did you come to Feeding Tampa Bay? Right. What's important to you? What your role is? Um, where you see yourself. Yeah. Really reflecting on that journey of our team. I know everybody's going to be super excited. You know, our first one has an amazing group of people, so diverse and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just enjoy Humans of the Food Bank. That's right. <laughs> So excited to have Miss Sarah Madden on the show. We've become buddies through storytelling because you have an incredible story. Welcome. Hello, guys. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Sarah Madden. I've been with Feeding Tampa Bay going on three years now. Right on. And it's been a blessing the whole journey. Well, you've been a blessing, too. We work together quite a bit, um, telling stories throughout Tampa Bay, helping people understand our work, right? But first, tell us a little bit about you. Um, I know you're an angel, but our (laughs) listeners... Need to know why you're an angel besides the fact that you work here. (laughs) So, um, I have three of my own children, Mm -hmm. and I have I'm in the midst of adopting two more. I've already adopted one, so that makes a total of six kids in my household. And so, my goal in life, and just with anyone I'll come in contact with, is how can I help you? Oh, right. Yeah. Right, and these babies that you're adopting, they have a family connection, right? They do. They are my kids' nieces, but their mother sadly passed away back in right. February, and so I am just picking up the slack wherever I may be needed. And it, at this point, it's them needing someone right. where they're loved and taken care of. Right. My mom told me a long time ago, actually when I became a parent, that as a parent, your child needs to have someone who would do anything for you anything, and know that with confidence. And that helps raise a great human being. Definitely. So you have your own beautiful children. What are their ages? So my children are 14, 13 and 12. Uh Um, And then my adoptive child, my first one is 11. Uh Um, And then the next two, the two that I'm adopting now, it's going to be um, five and then just turn four. So how helpful are the older kids? Very, very They're helpful. amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like I have, I don't have to worry about anything if one of the kids are probably already done the test before I get to it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a sign of great parenting. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Like Understand expectations. Right? My <laughs> kids are very, very well intuitive. They love the kids just as much as, you know, the adults do. They care for the kids. You know, they take care of the kids whenever, whatever they're doing, they are there for them. So I'm mostly like a second parent. I'm not even the first parent. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. They help out. And I think, do you think it's from um, the experiences of uh, watching those two younger ones lose a parent that helped influence them uh, to understand more? I would definitely say yes. That right. made them understand more. Um, also, though, I am, like I said, a caretaker for mm-hmm. anyone that may need. And so just me being their mother um, right. and all of this, they were already those great kids before yeah. they took on this task with me. Oh, well, they've seen you do it their whole yeah. lives. Yes, their whole so. life. Living by example. Exactly. Which is yeah, incredible. <laughs> so how did you come into our world at Feeding Tampa Bay? Well, you know, I just was tired of the back and forth overnight, you know, not overnight with the working history that I had beforehand. I mm-hmm. walked in my kid's school one day to drop them off to school, and I saw you guys' Fresh Force flyer um, sitting right there on the table. I gave Mike Perkins a call right then and there, and it kind of flew away from there. It went so fast. I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, when I called him, he had another class starting, I believe, like three weeks later. And so the turnaround was really, really fast. Um, I, I was in within a couple of days. And we um, haven't let you leave since. <laughs> no, and it's never happening. never went anywhere since. <laughs> um, but after the after initiation, mm-hmm. I did the class, and I originally did it for warehousing. Um, it went very, very great, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like 
what better way to continue on serving not only my babies but the community than to figure out how I stay here after the class Mm -hmm. and I've been here ever since (laughs) right so just a reminder Fresh Force is our workforce development program Um, and we train folks and we get them out into the world uh, with wonderful jobs jobs careers actually right Matt careers Careers. Careers. not just jobs it's a career Mm -hmm. occasionally somebody shows up in that class and we decide we're not going to let them go yeah Yeah. we have a that quite out a few Sarah of them. Pretty quickly. We, <laughs> yeah. 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 Sarah, from, a- from day one, Sarah was looking around to see how she could help others in the yeah. class, and that became really, really clear. And so, really, Mike had uh, you know an assistant teacher in the classroom yeah. for, for all 10 weeks of that training program. Definitely. And, uh, Sarah aced every test yeah. and then helped everybody else ace their tests. So, uh, we knew we had to keep her around. So what do you do? You what do you do now? So I originally went into warehousing, um, mm-hmm. but then I was hired on into um, Child Hunger Team, which is a program of Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, and with the Child Hunger Team, I manage, uh, I would say about thirty to 40 school pantries. Now we have another um, contact that manages the other half. It's about Mm -hmm. 80 in total. Um, But I now do school pantries and that just consists of making sure the schools that we partner with have all of the equipment needed, um, paperwork, whatever needed to be able to run a school pantry. We provide them with the food, um, any equipment, like I said, needed for the program. And we just make sure all of the families that are able, that aren't able to get to and from the grocery stores are able to access that very same food free of charge from their kids' school or from their community center, whatever is closest to them. So it's really about you build the relationships and maintain those relationships with those schools. Definitely. Can you tell, because I've experienced some some things that I've learned by being with you uh, through your daily work. You know, there's a lot of monitoring that food conversation yes. on what works. Tell us a little bit about that and working with the school, making sure those families get what they're hoping for. So we just make basically... Um, we make sure the food first and foremost is um, acceptable in that community. Um, a, a lot of communities aren't going to intake the same things that other communities right. will. So we make sure that we're providing them food that most of the community will, you know, use in their household on a daily basis. Um, that's first. Uh, secondly, we make sure um, they have, you know, frozen meat, dairy, bakery, canned goods, boxed items. You know, the good things um, Mm -hmm. that normally going into a a pantry of some sort you wouldn't really see around that's the great thing about feeding Tampa Bay you guys make sure they have you know if it's available to you it's available to the families Um, and so you guys make sure they have everything that they need outside of me making sure that they have food you know sometimes we go out for distributions and I help just you know get the food out of the pantry. I explain anything that needs to be explained to the families or even to the contact um, about the items, whether it's, you know, expiration dates or, you know, how can I use this item? We also right. offer nutritional uh, nudges and food cards just yep. so that they can have recipe cards for the items that they're not typically used to, you know, cooking inside right. their home and try something new. Right. So cultural foods and introducing to new foods, being Definitely. really diligent with that. Yeah. So, thank you. You're welcome. For just being you. What (laughs) holiday plans do you have? So, this Christmas, the kids and I are going to drive um, to Decatur, Illinois. um, And it will be a drive only because I have six beautiful babies. (laughs) And I don't think anyone's plane is going to let us on. (laughs) You know the math on that one. That does not work. Yeah, the math is... mm -mm. So, we're definitely going to take that drive. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be more along the lines of a 24-hour trip instead of a 16-hour trip. Mm -hmm. But our goal is just as much sightseeing as possible. Um, My smaller girls, my adoptive girls, they've never seen snow in real life. And so, like, the one thing she wanted to do, my oldest one, um, was go and actually build a snowman. And so, with everything going on, I think she deserves to build a snowman. Yeah, Yeah. She really does. It's going to be an adventure. Definitely, yes. But, Matt, we've been on road trips. You just make it an adventure. (laughs) That's right. You just lean into it. Things are going to go wrong. You're going to hit traffic. You're going to have... Uh, some random food experiences just <laughs> yep. lean into it you know yeah. definitely yeah definitely. and it's um 
It's wonderful memories. I mean, there are challenges, but you're going to have such a wonderful time. I, I definitely am. My goal is to make sure those babies have a wonderful time. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for joining us no, on Humans of the Food Bank. Um, we adore you. You know that. Yes. And appreciate you. <laughs> thank you um, all. And have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chris Brewer. Okay, I'm going to go with you're a regular here at Stick a Fork in It. Um, first time you were on this show, it was new to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Evan and I had finally gotten somebody to listen in Matt Spence yeah. that we needed a podcast, right? <laughs> and you were literally killing yourself volunteering with Team Rubicon. Mm. I was never so impressed. I got to I got to brag a little bit yeah, on Chris. Yeah. On the ethic work ethic and the getting things done and the um, loyalty and the being there mm. and lead, that's, just that's, stepping that's the, that's into the, the lead Rubicon position. Way, though. Right. I mean, that's, that's the norm. That, that is uh, that's, that's what's a, expected. Well, and that's yeah. that's what's expected, but it's also expected because it's all military. So that's something right. that you lived a life, right? And trained for. How long were you in the military? Uh, 20 years and two weeks. That was enough. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. 20 years and two weeks. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? You were like at 20 years and then you got to the two, go to 25 and you're like, nee, I'm out. Uh, I think what, uh, what had happened with me from that, from the military perspective is I was in a great operational uh, flying unit and my only other option was to probably get promoted and go to a headquarters mm. and back to the bureaucracy and grind and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. and and when you experience as we have here uh, the ability to contribute to cutting edge mission day in day out mm-hmm. uh, and then you're faced with now you're uh, gonna sit at this desk you know kind of exciting yeah <laughs> and worry about what Airman Snuffy did over the week <laughs> the weekend and all that Airman kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> can see a future in that yeah so uh, I, I just have a mental picture of Airman yeah. Snuffy <laughs> um, so that. You know that that's why I was talking about Team Rubicon. It's it's folks that are trained um, to serve, mm-hmm. to serve, absolutely, um, offering even their life up. So it was just having your team in here was eye opening mm-hmm. to me. It was like made you stop when you I remember Nicole Oswald saying that like. 10 Team Rubicon was like having 30 other volunteers. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Because you would walk in the room, evaluate, hit it, and go with it, and then tell everybody else how to do it. Right. And we're all right. standing back like, okay, yeah. here we go. Right. It's like, COVID yes, and let's roll. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So volunteer, volunteer, and then um, you were invited to be a part of our team. And I was. I came in first, actually, with volunteer management. I was uh, mm-hmm. helping organized the stuff that Team Rubicon had done right. over there. Uh, uh, but then we got the opportunity to create something new and exciting with the uh, distribution team uh, during the pandemic. And that was 20 events, 20, no, sorry, 20 months mm. of mm-hmm. 1,200 food events. Uh, yeah. And that was... <laughs> that's that how you earned Mega lots. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Mega Man, those Mega Pantries, <laughs> um, being in those lines. It was a, I think we said, we uh, believe we figured we positively impacted 1.4 million people during that time frame and when you look at you know all those wonderful people that we had on that team and they came from the task force and mm, all that that's right, mm-hmm. that's right. all that kind of stuff uh, it was um it was a very challenging time very uh um physically mentally emotionally spiritually yeah. i mean that oh, yeah. was is why i had to take a break i mean yeah. it was it was I remember talking to Jim Carpenter and saying, uh, you know, mega pantries are basically disaster response yes. vehicles uh, for fighting hurricanes and things yeah. like that. It's supposed and to I be said, a weekend. Well, we've been fighting a hurricane for 20 months. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. long hurricane. Yeah. We were fighting disaster yeah. for 20 months. Yeah. I just remember, you know, we were talking earlier with one of our teammates um, that the relationships that you built and all of those people mm-hmm. that you met, that's... Um, you know, because we touch those folks face to face when we are giving them, mm-hmm. you know, their box uh, and their beverages and anything that we could get our hands on. Mm. Um, tell us about that, making, building relationships in crisis. Mm. I, I, and I think there's two sides to it. I think the first is, you know, you, you form this 30 second relationship with our guests and yep. you see the people that become on the regulars. And I'll never forget uh, there was an old beat up pickup truck, John and his wife, and they would come in and I thought they needed food. Mm. They were actually picking up for a mobile home community uh, yep. uh, that yeah. they could serve that kind of way. So you make those kind of relationships. But then the other 
equally important is the volunteer relationships yes. that we created and the regular people who came mm-hmm. out and gave of their time. Yeah. I actually just got kind of goosebumps sticking yeah. around of some of the people uh, that that I knew would be there day in, day out, whether it's uh, Tim Everett from Marie, yes. who was on our board, yeah. who was literally my right-hand man uh, uh, at, at HCC. And a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And a volunteer. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, or uh, General Louis Vassat, who uh, would come to us at the USF things and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And that's Greg Covey and Gina and I you know, yes. just all these names of people that really became family yeah. to yeah. us during that time frame. Right. You know, they did, but also for those in our Super care. Dave, I can't forget Super Dave. He's still here. Yeah, Super Dave is still yeah. like here four yeah, yeah. out of the five days yeah. a week that yeah, during yeah. the week. Yeah. Um, building those relationships, but also having those folks that if you're struggling, that you have this unit of people mm-hmm. fighting for you. They've learned names. Um, you know, I think as it got to a place where we were slowing down, they were bringing gifts because mm-hmm. they were, you know, yeah. I actually experienced a family coming through the line that got gifts for everybody because they didn't Aww. need us anymore. Yeah. Oh, and yep, I think that's man. one of the most touching moments. I yeah. was just like, wow. I right. remember also during, because this time, and very often a Latina uh, uh, tradition that brought us tamales at, uh, at, yes. at Christmas time. Yeah. And they yes. would come in there a little cooler and would bring it for us. <laughs> yes. like, wait, you're bringing oh, yeah, us food? Yes. Was, yeah. <laughs> the, just the gratitude and the grace and the way that we approached both sides, yeah. the service and those that were mm-hmm. being helped and served yeah. was just an hard, like yeah. you said. And I know we're going to get time. into it some more, but I remember when Thomas says, says it quite often that, that there is something to be said for serving alongside uh, like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, and that is, it's it's something that yeah, I certainly experienced it in the military, mm-hmm. um, and and I think in nonprofit it's it's a very uh, it's kind of a bonus mm-hmm. that you get mm-hmm. to to experience you know whether it's my work in cancer or Parkinson's or now and you know yeah. kind of helping our community here. Yeah. So with that, you talked about mental, you know, the physical. Uh, what the p- pandemic really did to all of us, yeah. mental, physical. I mean, we never took a day off. In fact, we worked more than I think I've ever worked Probably in my life. Never worked more. My people were like, I'm stuck at home. Yeah. I'm like, I've never, I'm doing yeah. 60 plus never, hours yeah. a week. Come volunteer. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, And that comparing to the military and you're like, yeah. this is more work. I yes. yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, you know, when you really look back on the distribution team to look at how physically demanding that job was, because not only was it, you know, lifting stuff and all this kind of things, but we, you know, it's important to meet our clients where they're at Mm -hmm. and our guests, Mm -hmm. our neighbors uh, to, you know, when can they pick up food? Mm -hmm. Well, that's three o'clock in the afternoon till six o'clock yeah. kind right. of thing. It's a little warm here sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little yeah. bit. Standing uh, in the middle of the parking so, lot. So, you know, you know, doing, you know, I would look at my steps and you know, 15, 20 miles a day yeah. was not uncommon yep. on a black asphalt. Yeah. Drenched. You know, drenched. I have photos. Sweat. Yeah, They're yeah. actually my favorite photos of yeah. us. We are just yeah. drenched. Yeah, I took a bath. Um, and, and, you know, to do that regularly, 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 it just takes its toll. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Also, just you know, the I mean, the mental and emotional challenges mm-hmm. of planning up to ten events a week. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I when I was an event producer, if you did ten events a year, yeah, I mean, that, was, <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> putting on five Ks and bike rides and stuff like oh, this. Man. You know, so um, so yeah, it just got to a point where. Uh, uh, I just needed to step away for a little bit and, mm-hmm. and get a break and got an opportunity to work from home. It was a very, very difficult uh, decision, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt I would still be giving back working uh, with nursing homes and stuff like that. But, uh, but I after, have to plug in there that yeah. you also volunteered. I did. You I went did. home to work, oh, yeah. but you couldn't get away because yeah. <laughs> you would come volunteer. Yeah, I, would. Your... I volunteered at HCC, uh, yep. Trinity Cafe and all yep. that. I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know, but I mean, when I say I was injured, I, I mean, I had a, a, a couple of torn tendons in my shoulder. My left mm-hmm. knee was trashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's young man's work. Yes, <laughs> yes. For real, to do it that often. And, and yeah. I'm not, not that job. young anymore. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so I, I took a break and worked from home. Uh, but really, after about a year, my sense of service as I kind of progressed through this company, and, it, and as we were saying in a kind of our little pre uh, mm-hmm. uh, chat here, you know, 
the focus being on money versus service mm. really bothered me. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it just is just something that uh, it's just not who I am. Right. And so, uh, so I had already made the decision that I was definitely going to come back to nonprofit somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hoped I hadn't burned any bridges here. No. <laughs> no. Uh, and and so uh, and so, it really just started with uh, some casual get-togethers with Rhonda and Pete and yeah. very other fr- other friends, and mm-hmm. just find out where you know because it, it's always interesting because as a volunteer you see the stuff that has been prepped for you, right. ready to go. I always say our job here at the food bank, in addition to feeding our community, is to set our volunteers up for success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really what all of us do when you think about it. Right. Um, and and so, you know, having gone out and volunteered and saw where things were, that still doesn't give me great feedback on where the organization is and where it's headed. And all. I knew about the new building and things like that. But... You know, to have those conversations and understand where the opportunities are. I had no expectations. I had hopes. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and I just got lucky that I ran an account (laughs) management division and we needed an account manager here. So, uh, So it was a good fit good time to come and also learn another side of the of the food banking mm-hmm. um, I know fundraising uh, I know how to give out food yeah you know now it was time to learn how to how to bring food in yeah. and and the magnitude of what I see that very small procurement team doing yeah yeah you know what over 90 percent of our food that we get is is donated right mm-hmm. right I mean that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a it's a Herculean effort, and yeah. kudos to Tim and Pete for, yeah. for all they've been able and to do. You. Yeah. No, but and I'm you. just saying prior yeah. to that, mm-hmm. you know, okay. kind of thing. and then Abby was here before. But, I mean, it, you know, th- there are procurement teams that I've met that have like six, seven people. Right. You know, it's really amazing what, what, yeah. what those guys are able to do you know, during that time. Yeah, because when you yeah. hear like the procurement team, you're like, oh, is that like 10 people? You're like, no, it's like at most three. <laughs> three. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Building amazing relationships. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's all a, about relationships. It, it really, really is. is. So. It really is. And you guys are in constant contact, always looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I think this is kind of a common thread uh, with folks we're talking to is about how um, life puts opportunities in mm. front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you learned a different thing by taking your year-long break. You took skills from that that mm-hmm. now you're bringing to what you have now. It's like a never-ending cycle of learning and being able to contribute. Yeah, it, it is. And, and what I did not uh, have, and I, I know it's just me and my personality, is I didn't have that... Um, uh, instant gratification mm. of, you know, every day when I leave here, I yeah. felt I've helped our community somehow, right. mm-hmm. you know, running the daily reports and getting account managers to make 50 phone calls a day and yeah. counseling them if they don't <laughs> doesn't to me. That kind of goes back so, to why you left the military when I'm thinking it, yeah. when they tried to put you into that right. position. I, I, yeah, I understand that the, the, the being, right. being an administrator, you know, is, is a gift, is, mm-hmm. it is. but not for this team yeah. sitting right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. I, I prefer to be able to go, I did this and it either helped or it didn't help and I can learn from that and grow and, yeah. and right. do better kind of thing, right. so. Yeah. So, so it was great an opportunity to to come back, and also what an exciting time to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, as, right. we, yeah. as we look at the new building, as yes. we look at, and and why I think the building certainly is important is a great symbol of what we want to do. Looking at the picture, yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah. else there, um, <laughs> but it's what's going to happen in that building. Mm. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm. You yeah. know, it really is. You know not just a warehouse yeah anybody no. can build a warehouse you know mm-hmm. kind of thing right. so what we do with that facility and, and the impact that we'll be able to have to positive impact we'll be able to have to our community on a scale that you know none of us imagined during the pandemic right now we're looking to do double that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we really we took off on rocket yes. skates you know yeah <laughs> we are but the opportunity with just the facility yeah that it will give us to really end hunger right. in our community. Yeah. Like other nonprofit, other food banks, mm-hmm. pardon me, other food banks across the country have reached that level, mm-hmm. right? We can actually, everyone who needs a meal yeah. knows where to get it and has access to it. And yeah. that, that facility is going to make that possible. In addition, if they're hungry, they need other things, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, of course, being hungry is a symptom, Yeah, right? I mean, that's what I always, you know... Even when I worked in, <clears throat> excuse me, the cancer space, and we were doing similar type work uh, with cancer navigation, you know, I, mm-hmm. I need a ride to chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you need a ride to chemotherapy, something else is going yeah, on. Yeah, what right? else is going I mean, on? You know, For sure. So how do we, you know, I love that we are a, a trusted resource and people uh, in our community 
uh, will uh, openly come to us mm -hmm. and then also be willing to listen to us if we said, hey, right. maybe you should go talk to this person yeah. over here mm -hmm. or something like yeah. that because because we brought you in in a safe space. Right. Um, and boy, does that come with some responsibility. Yeah, it does. To be able to say, oh, maybe you should sign up for SNAP mm -hmm. or, hey, maybe there's a food pantry over here by your house. It's a little more convenient for you. Yeah. You know, that if there's that doesn't clinic. work out for some there's reason. There's a clinic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What you need. Right. You know, we have such a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As, as not just as a food bank, as leaders in our community yes. to help the underserved population yes. you know i mean uh, that that is it's a tremendous opportunity and and i got to experience it a little bit when i was with Livestrong uh because at that time nobody was doing work uh helping people with cancer in the practical mm. right. manner you right. know how do i stop you from being bankrupt how do i yeah. address right. your psychosocial well but you've already come to me because you trusted me mm -hmm. i can now recommend these other services mm -hmm. and you're open to at least having that conversation mm -hmm. and i think that's the difference you know kind of thing and i see that like trinity cafes when they they'll bring in you know the the clinics and right. stuff like that yes. and other services yeah. and well yep. That's because they already trust us yeah. to come yeah. and have a meal with us. Yeah. Ergo, I'll go over to this booth and see maybe I should sign up for health insurance yeah. or something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great first right. step in. Yeah. Something I thought that was the think. most incredible thing is yeah. that we had an eye clinic and folks walked away. Right. I, yeah, you came in for food and you got glasses. How wild. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, haircuts, yeah. homeless, showers. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, this is just... There's so many opportunities to help people, and I think... And, and so so what do we do then? That's mm -hmm. what's really important to me. Uh, in, in fact, you and I have chatted a little bit about this. When I say the power of our brand, I don't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Sorry, marketing team. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> more about that our brand is known and liked. Mm -hmm. uh, when when Lorena was talking this morning uh, and was saying that, you know, they were at meetings and... and People just say nice things about us. Well, that's not yeah. just because we're nice. It's right. because <laughs> right. we do positive, actionable things in the community, and we've we've built that trust. Mm -hmm. So now we have the opportunity to leverage that kind of bully pulpit to create this bigger, better network yeah. and and help people on a scale right. that that maybe we can't do by ourselves. Yeah, or shouldn't do by ourselves. Right, shouldn't right. don't yeah. have to. There's amazing folks out there, amazing nonprofits that can stand alongside mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and help folks get to that not needing us. I, I always right? believe... And then they can come and volunteer. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to know everything. You do have to know everybody who does. I mean, that's Ooh, really... That's yeah. really the, oh, I love that. That's one of my life things, to, to, to the mantras, I guess you would say. Yeah. And, and, and we have that opportunity because who doesn't want to partner with us? Right. I mean... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never walked in a room and said, oh, feeding yeah. Tampa Bay's here. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, and I think, I mean, that just... Gives me chills, makes my heart kind of swell thinking about that because it's that trust was built by all of us, mm -hmm. you know, ob absolutely from C-suite, but all the way down to yeah. anyone on under ground. this building yeah. when they go into the community or when a truck is driving by and someone yeah. notices or you see a number of trucks during the day. It's mm -hmm. just it's our entire team that has helped lift us Um to where we are and how we can help. Mm. So it's all of us, including you. I am so glad that you're back. Just a real quick personal note from the last time you were here, you've had a few things happen in your life. <laughs> um, you bought a house. I did. Right? Yep. So you bought a house. You have a beautiful home. Uh, you got married. I did. <laughs> to a wonderful wife. Tell us a little bit about her. So uh, Kirsten and I have been friends for over 20 years. We actually met on a uh, fundraising bike ride for uh, for cancer in Iowa, sparkling oh, wow. Iowa. There's a, huge, <laughs> there's a huge bike ride called Ragbri. Uh, anybody who's a cyclist out there knows about it. Uh, I've done it 12 times across the state now, I think. Hmm. And How many days? How many miles? It's uh, uh, seven days, Oof. 50 to 60 miles a day. On a bike. Wow. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> It's not that hard. It's, okay. It's, 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 a, it's a traveling party is what it really is. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, but no, I came back to visit my mom uh, four years ago or so, four and a half years ago. And uh, Kirsten and I, I saw on Facebook that she lived here now and we went out to lunch and... Now the rest married. is history. <laughs> the rest is history. And she does amazing work. And every with, once yeah. in a while, I get to hang out with her. Yeah. She's the coolest she, chick. She is. She does amazing work with Shriners Children's Hospital. Yes. Mm. Uh, that was why I had to come here because she couldn't. Uh, she mm. couldn't. Uh, uh, well, why would she want to leave? Yeah. Position, no. right? right. Yeah. She's in a so great space. Worked from home uh, with the Parkinson's group that I was with, and then uh, COVID. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And COVID. That yeah. little era. <laughs> and then you got into your volunteer opportunity. Well, and I'll be honest, the reason I volunteered initially, obviously I wanted to give back, but the thought of staying at home all the time and, oh. not, and not being able to quote unquote fight this somehow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Be, just had to take an active role. I had to do like, something. Like I can't yeah. just sit and watch yeah. the news. No. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a great opportunity to get out and, sure. and all that. So, uh, yeah, things are good. We, it's uh, me and Kirsten and the two dogs. And the two doggies. <laughs> and the two doggies. Well, Rex and Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm A, really glad that, uh, really fortunate that you came to us. Mm. I am really proud to call you a friend. You've become my friend. You guys as well. And, and, yeah. and Kirsten, and uh, you're just family and you're back. And I'm just <laughs> thrilled. And what I really love too is that really the core people are still here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, this is, uh, this is, a well-oiled machine because of the the core people that are here. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see you know Khalil making sure of everything mm-hmm. going, Roosevelt and, yeah. and Billy mm-hmm. making sure everything everything in the warehouse is good, and mm-hmm. and and well, I just go on and on yeah. on the <laughs> core, core people there. But but that's that is the secret to our success. Yeah. Yep. You know, kind of thing. It's, oh yeah. You know, how, and and it's really important that we that as we've seen uh, actually today where a lot of people got promoted and moved to different jobs and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's the key is to keep people engaged, moving forward, progressing, right. feeling like they're they're appreciated. Their reason for being here is more than I'm, yeah. I was just a truck driver, and now I look over here. I mean, when you look at like Anthony, who's now right. gone from Fresh Force and now is you know yep. one of our great neighborhood coordinators yep. and right. all that. I mean, he he just looks forward to coming to work every right. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as do I. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> makes a big difference. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to what I would like open the email, look, hold <laughs> my eyes, and go, oh no, what's going to happen today? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my friend, thank you for joining us once again. My absolute uh, the pleasure. The door is always yeah. open, so have your phone ready for the next <laughs> yes. time. Uh, Happy to do that it. You're going to come sit down with us. Uh, I just love being on this podcast. Uh, it's it's always fun and entertaining, uh, and and I love how you guys just you know we keep it casual, but yeah. uh, yep. we keep it focused, and and that's kind of how we do our work here yeah it is we do what we do and authentic (laughs) thanks chris thank you oh lorena hardwick welcome to stick a fork in it (laughs) i'm so excited to be here (laughs) we're so excited to have you as part of our team um i think we're we're recording um what is the date today december Uh, 5th yeah and is it your six month anniversary it was my six-month anniversary last week. Nice. Oh, six months in one week. Super <laughs> exciting. It is. It's a lot, right, coming on to the team. It's gone by really fast. Sometimes I feel like it's gone by slow, but for the most part, I mean, we're in December, and right? six months was right. like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, it's been absolutely wonderful getting to know the team. Yeah. It's It really like just warms my heart. Uh, it was really awesome this morning. I led our manager's meeting Mm -hmm. and presented about advocacy, just about the role, why I was hired. And it was really neat to have a couple of team members pop into my office right away and say, that was awesome. Like we learned so much. So this is is just absolutely uh, a dream being here. Yeah. So give us a little brief version of this morning's presentation about what advocacy means for Feeding Tampa Bay, for your role and how folks can help. Absolutely. So as far as advocacy, and this morning I made the the um, delineation between what lobbying is and what advocacy is. Mm-hmm. And lobbying really is, you, it's one issue and it's very fast and furious. You're trying to change legislation, change policy or get something passed and you're just transactional, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of lobbyists, um, you know, see it as it's a very transactional um, relationship. But when it comes to advocacy, it is completely different. It is all about storytelling. It is about understanding an issue, having a passion for it. It's about building long-term relationships um, Mm -hmm. with the people that you're trying to influence. And it is so much about education Mm -hmm. and educating the public about what our pain points are. So um, it's definitely a journey to take when you are, you know, um, embarking on an advocacy campaign. It is a journey that is filled with a lot of hope, with a lot of excitement and because we're here at Feeding Tampa Bay, I know that it's filled with a lot of love. Yeah. 
for sure. <laughs> and thoughtfulness. Yes. So tell us, um, you know, I think people don't understand how we are necessarily funded. You know, Thomas often says we can only go as far as our supporters take us. So obviously we have our development team that we have some of them on our show today. Um, you know, storytelling, getting the word out. You know, there is uh, government support for our organization, which you help with quite a bit. Um, tell us about that and how it works for Feeding Tampa Bay. But then really it's all about working for our neighbors, right? Right. Absolutely. With um, And there's support that can come from governments from all levels, right? Mm -hmm. Local governments and state governments and federal governments. And it all depends. They all play a piece. You know, they all play um, a role in the big puzzle of things. With local government, we look at a lot of the local issues. So, for example, as we start looking at what does a bus stop look like in front of our facility or somewhere on Causeway so that our neighbors can get to us and we're right. accessible. It's talking to our local government, our commission, talking to the transit agency and figuring out what dollars exist mm -hmm. and working together to try to find those dollars. It's also a little piece of the state, going to the state and having those conversations with the Florida Department of Transportation and saying, you know, hey, this is important. We know it's on your radar. You know, this is how much it's going to take to fund. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, sometimes it's very grassroots like that. And mm -hmm. other times it's just prescribed. Uh, legislature happens every year. And every year we have an opportunity to work with our elected officials to support programming that we currently have or programming that we are planning for. So, for example, um, this past year, we received $2.5 million from the state of Florida for solar panels and um, energy efficiencies for our new facility, which yep. was very exciting. Yes. And check is in the mail. I checked this morning and it hasn't arrived. <laughs> <laughs> we are very excited to receive that those dollars. Um, so building on that for this legislative season, um, we wanted to see, which starts um, January 9th of 2024, we wanted to see... Um, how much more we could get. So we worked with internally with our team, talked about what our needs are, uh, spoke to our lobbyists, our lobby partners that you know will work hard for us in Tallahassee, and we've come up with three different projects for a total of $4.5 million, which is very exciting. And of course, now the work starts. Right. Because we have to go talk to our legislators. Um, so next week, uh, Thomas and I will be in Tallahassee socializing and pushing for our projects and sharing about the importance. One of them is Fresh Force. So mm -hmm. we all know how important that is for our community and for our neighbors. Um, so to keep that funded and to be able to grow that program now that we're moving into our new facility. Um, there's the Feeding Minds Pantry, which is fantastic opportunity yes. to be able to, you know, have access to food for our kids, for our families, and many schools open it up to the community. So mm -hmm. the impact is really great. Uh, so yeah, so it's exciting mm -hmm. to do that. And then of course there's the federal level, mm -hmm. which moves very slow, but they do have Congress in the last couple of years has made it available for um, Congress members to go into their communities and figure out what are those projects that really are um, exemplary and benefit our communities so they can bring dollars down with them from DC. So we'll be going and uh, pursuing that as well. We have uh, Congresswoman Castor was amazing and we have 2.25 million coming from the federal government mm -hmm. this year and we'll go back for more in the next year. But it's that and, and it's also CDBG and it's really understanding CDBG funding that comes through local governments and it's really understanding our communities and our different counties and understanding that landscape and seeing mm -hmm. where those opportunities right. arise and you know how do we create those opportunities and we have a great grants team so we working do. with them um, development, to just identify team. development yeah. and helping you know helping them identify different avenues that maybe um, weren't so visible before mm. and and all this work is to directly impact our neighbors to build Absolutely. stability, mm -hmm. to uh, create an environment where they're independent and maybe instead of using us all the time, maybe once in a while and maybe one day, not at all, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the goal for that all of us. That is the goal. How can we, there's also advocacy that anyone can take part in. You have had, how many years of experience have you had working with government and nonprofits? It's almost 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So this is this is your this is your zen. This is what you do. This is what this you is do very zen. very well. But someone with a compassionate heart that just wants to make sure folks have what they need, how can they best advocate? How can they join us in that work? Absolutely. So I would say that when you start on the road for advocacy and wanting to make an impact in your community, I'm going to take it very grassroots mm-hmm. and it's what is happening in your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you have a neighborhood association? Mm-hmm. What are the needs of your neighborhood? What is that community experiencing? Like, are you familiar with what's going around your neighbors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the people that literally live next door to you across the street from you. So what's going on there? And I think bringing it to that grassroots level really opens up a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. to specific needs. And that really then opens the door to really understand how to best work with a local government. And then you start seeing the the issues that right. impact the neighbors and the surrounding communities around you. And poverty is, is, is something that we see every day. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, um, I will say this on a personal note, I recently moved back into Seminole Heights from Channel District. Moving back into Seminole Heights, I thought, my goodness, I was so sheltered Mm. living in downtown Tampa. Mm. And I thought of that, you know, for myself, for my daughter, we were really sheltered. We didn't see the need. We didn't, we didn't see anything. Right. It was almost perfection. Um, our, what our neighborhood was there, there was no need. There was just a lot of people living their lives, having a good time, enjoying the beauty that downtown Tampa has to offer and coming back to Seminole Heights, it opened up my eyes again. Not that I wasn't aware that the need existed, but it just opened up my eyes again to say, this is the real community, right? This is the reality that we live in and seeing it every day. So I would say to our um, our friends out there that you know want to take a step into advocacy is just understand where you are, mm-hmm. who's around you, how local government impacts your everyday because that really is the the government that you know can can have a direct impact on your daily life. And then start looking and thinking about what are the issues that are important to you? It may be animals, it may be other humans and you know the issues of poverty, it may be children. Mm-hmm. So you know, volunteering is so important. It's something that I did as a kid in high school and in college and something that I'm getting my daughter into mm-hmm. because that really was what helped me define what I was passionate about and what I loved. Mm-hmm. I volunteered for a lot of different entities and organizations and they were all very worthy, but I finally found the niche of what I really loved. I love animals. So I just, I loved volunteering at the Humane Society. And back then when I was in high school, it was not a no kill shelter. So when I volunteered, my goal was to get as many dogs or cats adopted as possible. And I walked away knowing these five dogs, they're okay. They're going to be okay today. Uh, And then I, you know, another one that was very, dear to my heart was March of Dimes when I was in Mm -hmm. college. And it just gave me a completely different perspective, something that I wasn't familiar with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a college student. I had no idea what March of Dimes was Mm -hmm. or or what their mission was. And it was just really neat to learn something new. What drew you to March of Dimes? Was it something that was going on at school? Yeah, it was something that was going on in school. I was looking for an internship and there was you know, back then it wasn't all digital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You actually like had to look at boards and, yeah. you, you know, people would come on campus and set up tables and you talk to them. Mm-hmm. And March of Dines was one of them. And I learned a lot about how women could, you know, stay healthy during pregnancy and, um, you know, the impact that that has on babies. And mm-hmm. again, college student, not my world, yeah. you know, right. thing yeah. that I right. would have, um, been like, oh, I'm going to choose this. So it was just a really neat um, experience. And the fun part about it was that I did a lot of events. Mm -hmm. So I did events at FSU. I did events at FAMU, fundraising (gasps) events. FSU again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a God thing. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) I know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't talk about that. But again, well, we're going to remind you folks to go online and search up what's happening to Florida State right now. (laughs) But going back to... Um, 
you know, being in college and being introduced and volunteering, I'm super curious because I think your role, your path is unique to you and where your strengths are. Who are the mentors that help mold you in the direction to be where you're at? Yeah. So March of Dimes, like I said, was that entry point. Yeah. I had volunteered at Humane Society, but that to me was just animals. Yeah. It wasn't community at large. Right. March of Dimes was really the entry point. And from there, I decided that my summer jobs, I wanted to work for nonprofits. Mm. So when I came home for the summer, I just, again, not digital. Mm. I literally looked in the newspaper. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. you know, asked friends like, hey, do you know anyone that's hiring? And I ended up connecting with boys and girls clubs. Gotcha. And that was really where I think that passion really solidified. And there's a woman who at the time, she was one of their executive leaders, um, Patty Moses. Um, she's well known in our community, but, and she may not know this, mm-hmm. but she really was kind of like that star, that guiding yeah. light while I was in college of, ooh, I would love to be someone like her, mm-hmm. someone that you know, has influence and deeply cares about this community and can, you know, make change happen. Mm -hmm. So I did Boys and Girls Clubs two summers in a row. And even though I did all of that, you guys, I graduated from college and I was like, how do I go make money? (laughs) (laughs) Common thread, I think, for everybody listening. And I took a sales job Mm. and I disliked it. I don't see it. I don't see it either. Disliked it a lot. (laughs) Um, I stuck it out for about a year, mm-hmm. and during the latter part of that year, I started looking and figuring it out, and now at this point, I, I called my contacts at Boys and Girls Clubs and said, hey, I'm I'm looking for something. I really want to work in the nonprofit world, and I ended up, someone said, you need to call Betty Tribble over at United Way. Like mm-hmm. They're hiring for a program manager for volunteer services, and I was like, oh, Okay, great. <laughs> so I went and I interviewed and I got the job and the rest is history. <laughs> got back in the pipeline. That was, yeah, that was really my start of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, although I had, you know, been out of college for about a year, um, that really was where my career took off and start. And I, I feel like that was the start of it. Uh, working for United Way introduced me to all of the agencies and entities that are nonprofits here in this community. I learned so much um, of different needs, Mm -hmm. you know? It wasn't just kids, it was domestic violence, it was foster children, it was, I mean, you name it, you Mm -hmm. know, the issue, the issues were there. So it was a true learning experience for me being Mm -hmm. at United Way and I thought, why didn't I do this from the beginning? Right. This is my passion. This is right. where I belong. And it's really funny because if you think of it, nonprofit work, it's, I'm not, I don't want to say that it's a sales job, but you really do use a lot. Yes, those skills. <laughs> a lot of those skills, a yeah. lot of those techniques, which I thought that I was just terrible <laughs> right. at and that I didn't have and I just didn't have the passion for. Right. But it was it wasn't the right vehicle. Mm. Right. And the nonprofit world became that vehicle for me of being able to advocate. And it was really interesting. We, um, a few weeks ago, we did our CTLS Mm -hmm. and I was able to be on that panel and Mm -hmm. we were just talking about culture and it was during Hispanic Heritage Month. And it really dawned on me that Advocacy has always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, you know, coming here to this country, I arrived when I was six years old. I lived with my grandparents, just family circumstances. My grandparents raised me until I was a teenager. I was their advocate. Yeah. Right. I was the one yep. that, you know, looked out for them mm-hmm. and went to the doctor's offices and was the translator mm-hmm. and went to the pharmacy and did this. I mean, now there are there are rules and regulations now, like kids can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah right. I'm <laughs> um, in the health industry. But, you know, back then, that's, that's yeah, who it was. So, Man. it's, you know, it just all kind of came full circle to say, huh, this has always been my passion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I have always helping. wanted to, like, look out for people mm-hmm. and speak on their behalf. Yeah. So, working in the nonprofit sector was just 
a complete full circle and dream come true. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was recruited at the, for the city of Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I spent 15 years there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was, and they still are, you know, yeah. one of my favorite work families that mm-hmm. I have had in my entire career um, was those amazing years. And everything that I learned at United Way, all of the knowledge of understanding the systems, the social service systems, of understanding the different and various needs that exist, mm-hmm. I was able, able to bring that to the city because mm-hmm. my role at the city was community relations, Hispanic mm-hmm. outreach, neighborhood relations. Yeah. And doing this type of work of being on the radio and communicating in Spanish to our um, Latino community, mm-hmm. all of that kind of came together because although the city doesn't provide social services, that is a county function, mm-hmm. We still got the calls. Yeah. 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 You know, the need was there and people still called us. And especially because I was out and about in the Hispanic community, like I was a face, I was a name, I got mm-hmm. the calls. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was able to bring all of that knowledge and really incorporate it into the work that I was doing at the city. And then the city gave me the opportunity and opened up and expanded my world <laughs> into politics and government. Mm-hmm. Right. And having to work with our state legislators, having to work with our congressional offices, having to work with our county commissioners. I mean, back then when I started, Congresswoman Castor was Commissioner Castor. Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah. So we're going way back. (laughs) And it's been wonderful to see her trajectory and how her career has advanced and all the good, amazing things mm-hmm. that she just keeps bringing back mm-hmm. to her district. Mm-hmm. She's such it's, an authentic human being, too, when you meet really her. Is. Like, yeah. she is, what you see is what you get, is what you hear. It is all. Her daughter interned with us. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. For a summer, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think this question started, it's funny, now that I'm, like, thinking back, Shannon, you started the question with mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, I, you know, I guess I, I will wrap up this, you know, portion of it to say that, at the city, there were so many mentors for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Mayor Pam Iorio. Yes. Consider her, you know, a mentor, someone that she's another one. What you see is what you get. Yep. You know, she will ask for opinions. Mm-hmm. She will, you know, allow staff to collaborate and to talk, but once she makes up her mind, mm-hmm. this is how we're moving forward, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Get on board. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So she was she was just an amazing leader to watch in action. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Santiago. Corrada, who is the CEO of Visit Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the gentleman that came up to me when I was at United Way at my very last hurrah, my last project at United Way, and had a conversation with me and, you know, invited me to come and talk to him mm-hmm. about this position. And, you know, so I, I look at him and I'm like, if it wasn't for this man, like, wow, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what an opportunity, right? right. Like this, right. this really shaped and guided me. Um, and I say that, but I will now go back and also say that I created those opportunities for myself mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Right. For sure. Like yeah. you were empowered. I was, I was empowered. Mm-hmm. I loved the job I was doing at United Way. I had created this amazing partnership and project that we were all engaged in. Mm-hmm. And I was there. So sometimes I, it's funny. I sometimes say, man, I was lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. I created I the place and I created yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. And right. the opportunity was there to meet, you know, this amazing human mm-hmm. that is Santiago. And I'm just very grateful that he took the initiative to come and talk to me. Um, But, you know, I, I say that to a lot of students when I talk to them is don't ever belittle your accomplishments and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's nice. It's sometimes cool to say, Oh, right time, right place. But you created the space for it to be the right time and the right place. And if you didn't have the capability when you got there, then nothing would have come of it. Right. (laughs) Right. Just had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Last week we had the same conversation, Mm -hmm. how things just kind of come your way. Mm -hmm. I also think if you are an eighties or nineties person, um, Tampa was a lot smaller, so we know a lot of people. Mm, right. Like we, yes. It's like, how do you know everybody? Well, I was here in the 80s. <laughs> I was here when there was, was no one small here. small enough. Like, I just, I was cleaning out my storage unit, and it was a mm. picture of um, myself and Bob Buckhorn when he was mm. getting into politics. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I forgot about that. <laughs> but you're right. So you create those opportunities, those relationships yourself, and then it just kind of comes. Mm. I think also when you're going with a pure, an open and dedicated heart mm. and mind 
they come to you too. Yeah. It's about yeah. the person that's yeah. drawing yeah. all this to them mm-hmm. and it's being authentic. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Which I just described you. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> we are so excited to have you on our team. I am so excited as a professional to learn more. Advocate C is something that, you know, we can all uh, get behind and get better at. Mm-hmm. You know, another way before we go that you can help advocate is help sharing the opportunities uh, for those that need us. You know, following Feeding Tampa Bay on social, uh, even if it's about animals and you want to save them, mm-hmm. the Humane Society of Tampa Bay, find something that speaks to your heart that you can help make the world better, right? That is correct. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Loved being with you guys today. Yeah, love having you. <laughs> Scott Larson, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. Thanks, Shannon. I am so we've been working together for a while. So the thing yeah. is, is we book humans at the food bank mm-hmm. out in advance. We're yeah. in December. I think I reached out to folks in October. Mm-hmm. This is one of the favorite shows. In between that time, we're going to talk about your journey with Feeding Tampa Bay, okay. but it had already changed. It's like you are shifting here and there and everywhere. Um, Basically, probably with the goal just to make things better, right? It's very fluid, Shannon. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's the end goal. Right? So I met you volunteering. Uh-huh. You were celebrating retirement, right? I hadn't officially retired. Okay. I moved to the area in April of 2020, uh-huh. middle of the pandemic. Great timing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not recommended. Yeah, right. Um, what drew you here? Sorry. What drew you here? Uh, I wanted to be closer to my son, who at the time was going to school in Tallahassee. Okay. So Seminole? It just, yeah. <gasps> Okay. A very upset Seminole. Right yeah, oh, I think no. we all are right now. We won't talk about how upset yeah, we are, but right. all you have to do is go on social media. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> so I moved to the area in April of 2020 and can't sit around. Right. You know, everything was shutting down. Um, I saw a lot of uh, news reports of how feeding Tampa Bay was stepping up thanks to your involvement in that. and uh, have to. He's the B-roll guy. <laughs> and so I reached out and scheduled a uh, volunteer shift. And I started off volunteering twice a week uh, uh-huh. in the warehouse sorting and packing mm-hmm. and then uh, did the mega pantry distribution initially at the Verizon Center, mm-hmm. which moved to HCC. Yes. And I did that, uh, so three days a week, yeah, uh, volunteering uh, for two and a half-ish years uh, before the opportunity to join the distribution team became available. And that was last last fall, Mm. so about 15 months. Okay. So during that time in 2020, um, what is it with our work? You know, you can see a news story and you can relate to it, but what is it in our work that made you add even more, be out there even more? Mega pantries, we were out there all the time. Those aren't easy. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, it's so hot, it's almost unbearable. And at that time, the line, so it's, you came in when our work has been the hardest ever. Mm-hmm. What about that got you more involved? I just felt, the urge to contribute in some way. It was at a time when everything else, everybody else was kind of shutting down and mm-hmm. hunkering down and the organization was stepping up. Yeah. And I just felt I could contribute in some way. And once I got out there and started to interact with our neighbors, especially at the mega pantries, mm-hmm. um, it, it was just very compelling to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you, Ev, but... Mm-hmm. That um, reflecting back on the mega pantries. Oh my gosh, what a time, yeah. <laughs> right? It's kind of like, uh, was the fuel. Yeah. Like yeah. you're talking yeah. about meeting the folks and, you know, the real, we've always said everyone has a story. Mm. And I mean, it just isn't more evident, you know, oftentimes people talk about the cars that go in a line for food. Right. Like you have no idea what that person's struggling with. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we, it's just so many things that, um, we have tried to communicate out to folks that people finally understood in 2020 mm. because we were kind of all in the same boat. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Right? And you get to develop relations yeah. with our neighbors. Yeah. You learn a little bit about them. Uh, you get to meet their kids. Yeah, um, their pets. 
their pets yeah. uh, and, you know, how grateful they are for us being there when they need us. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think people understand how tight those relationships were because it was what folks counted on um, having our volunteer teams out there. Mm-hmm. And some of those um, I witnessed some of our neighbors um, being so generous and giving gifts to the volunteers yeah. once <laughs> they started getting close to on their feet, yeah. you know, and just um, being so thankful. Yeah. yeah. So would see them every single week, you know. Yes. And that yeah. Was, yeah, it's yeah. a friendship. It I mean, was. it's truly what you, somebody you could trust right. in yep. an untrustworthy time. Yeah. Yep. You knew what time you could meet them there. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. And we yeah. had these volunteer teams, which, of course, you were part of one, mm-hmm. that you went to one location. It was really almost always the same folks out yep. there mm-hmm. during yep. that time and that it became a family. Yeah. 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 So um, you came in at a difficult time, but a very insightful time mm-hmm. um, yeah. for our work. So what... Tell me how you came to, because I think I went to you about a story, and then I found out you actually are part of the team. <laughs> right. What? How, how was that transition that was early to be on with the PCM? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. It was. So tell us how you became a part of FTB. Well, as an employee, right? As an employee, you've been a part of FTB for a long time, <laughs> well, but uh, as uh, getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as. Uh, as it happened, Chris Brewer, mm-hmm. who I had worked with and supported at the HCC Mega Pantry, yes. um, had had a conversation with Nicole at the time mm-hmm. about an opening on distribution, and he reached out to me and said, do you have any interest? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another, and within a very short period of time, I was... Uh, I joined the distribution team mm-hmm. with primary responsibility being uh, the PCM mm-hmm. to manage the PCM. And that's our public's community market right. for anyone who isn't familiar. We, you can shop on site at the warehouse is how yep. that works. Yeah. yeah. So it's a free grocery store yeah. that folks, um, you know, make their uh, appointments. Correct. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Because mm-hmm. again, you're one-on-one with folks who have appointments yeah. every week. Great experience. Again, opportunity to develop relationships yep. uh, for the the neighbors that keep coming back uh, mm-hmm. each month. Uh, especially impactful with the seniors yep. who rarely get out on Monday. And this that's a big event for them to it come is. in and to shop for the day, interact with the volunteers. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity not only to, to interact with our neighbors, but interact with the volunteers mm-hmm. um, who are sacrificing their time to come in and, and help. But yeah. You know, what I think is very thoughtful and meaningful is we shifted. Mm-hmm. Was that part of you uh, kind of overseeing it? Um, this public's community market most folks come at four in the afternoon, but I think the volunteer team and our team that worked on it shifted so the seniors could come in the afternoon mm. because it's hard, especially during the time change, yep. um, you know, going back and forth, traveling. Um, I've noticed it's very different. They're spaced out a little bit more so they don't feel pressured. Yep. Um, we are just really very thoughtfully taking care of folks, and that's part of that team watching out for them, right? Yeah, it's their, the shopping hours for the seniors are earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't want to deal with rush hour traffic. Yeah. Uh, whereas the the hours on Tuesday through Thursday, uh, which run from four to six, are better hours for people that are working. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So that had to be incredibly rewarding. It, I saw you. You know, was, I've been yeah. in there with you. Um, you know, running that team, making yeah. sure it looked just like a mini Publix mm-hmm. when people walk through the door. Yeah. Yeah. What have you transitioned into now? So I'm uh, helping Jason and mm-hmm. the development team mm-hmm. um, make a, a sprint run uh, to generate revenue mm-hmm. okay. uh, over the next couple of months. Yeah. So it fits with my background and experience mm-hmm. prior to um, moving to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get some structure in place mm-hmm. uh, with regard to the CRM Salesforce, mm-hmm. um, as well as with the team to establish some uh, goals that we want to achieve over the next uh, 60 days. That's amazing. So tell us about this. We're doing a little backwards because we usually start with the personal stuff, right. but I thought for this one it was important. Yeah. So tell us about your background uh, that helps lend into that development here. Yeah, so my background is 
all sales and marketing. So mm-hmm. I started my career in an inside sales role mm-hmm. um, and gradually evolved into a marketing role, first product management um, and then marketing management uh, before I took on senior leadership of both the sales and marketing within you know, a number of organizations, three or four organizations. So I've done that the last 25 years. Yeah. I've done wow. sales and marketing leadership. Yeah, right. it's not new to you. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's a perfect fit. It's, it's uh, this, the uh, process is very similar, whether it's generating charitable donations or selling services and products a lot of the processes are the same. Um, It's just the story. The story is Mm -hmm. different. Right. It's just what you're supporting. You know, we, uh, Food Bank started as Food Rescue, right? Yep. And we still do plenty of that. But now we have to purchase because the need is so great. Right. So if if inflation is hitting you, it's hitting us, maybe in a different way because we can buy bulk. But that puts so much pressure on a development team. You know, I know we're all so grateful to have your experience kind of lean into that to help us make sure that we take care of our neighbors as we should. Well, I'm happy to help in any way I can. So we got to loop back around to Florida State for a minute. (laughs) So do you just have the one son? I do. And tell us about him. So he uh, graduated from Florida State um, and recently moved to uh, St. Pete. Mm. Um, he is he graduated with a finance degree, mm-hmm. uh, and he's working for Raymond James okay. um, in a trading a financial trading unit uh, gotcha. that they have over in St. Pete. Mm. Very gotcha. good. So now you guys are in the same town. Yep. More or less, same yep. area. Yep. <laughs> well. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your Thank journey. You. Oftentimes, folks come into the development team not totally understanding the work, and you walked right in knowing what's up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still learning. <laughs> well, we're always learning. Yeah, There's never a time where you stop learning, but you had a really uh, wonderful yeah. um, skill sets developed and understanding before you started with that development team. Mm-hmm. We are so thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. Mm-hmm. I've, we've done Thank stories you. together. Um you just get it, right? And that's it's, what being a part of our team is, is you just get it. It's been a tremendous experience. I mean, I've been asked, how did you, how was the transition from volunteer to employee? It was very easy mm-hmm. because I knew a lot of the people mm-hmm. uh, from Derek and Kate yeah. and BJ and the right. volunteer engagement team. Uh, I knew the mission. Yep. I supported the mission, yeah. and so making that transition from volunteer to employee was very easy. Mm. So last question, on most days, how do you feel when you go, go home at night? Mm-hmm. Uh, satisfied that you know we accomplished a lot mm-hmm. uh, during that given day, but challenged that we've got a lot ahead of us yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we certainly do. But we've got a team of people that are committed to seeing it through. We do. And, and I love working alongside of you. Yeah. Well, we love having you. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining the show, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Feeding Tampa Bay.